Alright folks, Duke Machado here, RNHA News Podcast. We're broadcasting tonight, we've got a really special show, some inside scoop with our national publisher, Robert Cross. He's joining us tonight on the program. We're going to find out what, you know, what is publishing? How does that affect the movement of RNHA? Of course, we're going to get into lots of other items in the news We've got a list of things that are, are trust me, are going to keep you captivated. So, but first of all, let's go ahead and uh, introduce to you our special guest, Robert Cross. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great, dude. Thanks for having me on the show. So we've been talking about uh, getting you on the program and um, kind of getting into uh, some interesting topics. You know, we share topics all the time. As a publisher, you know, what you do, well, why don't you just tell our listeners, uh, what do you do as our national publisher? The, as the national publisher, I oversee all of our publications, whether it's the podcast or our videos. We also have a news blog on our website, and I oversee the uh, the editing and a lot of the production and behind-the-scenes management of all of our, you know, published media. There's a lot of uh, messaging that takes place. There's a lot of news that needs to get out, and that's that's one of the main purposes for what we do with our podcast is to offer alternative news because we all know we can't necessarily trust uh, the media anymore, so providing um, new information, things that most people don't really get to see. That's what I noticed. You publish really cool stuff. Thanks. Uh, I wish I could take all the credit, but I have a great team, and they're really innovative, and they really live up to our organization's mission. I mean, when we set out to do the news and do the podcasts, we set out with a simple goal of getting the truth to the Hispanic community and our audience. And they have lived faithfully to that and surprised me at every turn since we started. So there's a lot happening at RNHA right now. And, you know, I've only been on board recently, just uh, less than 30 days myself. And what I see happening is... uh, uh, almost a uh, rejuvenation or a uh, just a spirit of high energy um, you know the the work that's that lies ahead the urgency of issues that need to be resolved um, that we're coming down to 2020 and the Hispanic vote is going to matter more uh, now than ever so you know we talked about discussing some of the differences in you know, what what Democrats and Republicans think and how we might be able to attract more people to our party, to the Republican Party. Um, one main issue that, that is happening right now and we talked about um, is po- possibly being, uh, uh, you know, immigration obviously is a major uh, issue for Hispanics. Uh, how, how does 
the Republican, in your opinion, how does a Republican um, solution for how we address this differ from the Democrats? Well, I think the Democrats really don't have a solution, and we can start there. They've long supported open borders, and they want to grant uh, everyone's asylum claims. They don't want to really do anything to secure the border. And I honestly think with immigration, it's not a it's not a cut and dry issue per se, but at the same time, when you're looking at immigration, it's a comprehensive issue. There's multiple issues within it. One is we have a massive problem with human trafficking and drugs coming across the border. And, you know, we've had we've had uh, people from Homeland Security, uh, people from ICE in different border control and patrolling agencies come out and say we need a wall and the Democrats are fighting against this as a racist thing. When it comes to the Democrats, it's more about narrative. When the Republicans, I feel, are more about solutions, we need a solution. We have an increase in asylum claims. Let's hire more asylum judges. We, you know, we have a broken immigration system let's fix the loopholes and then reprioritize who gets to come in so the people who need to come in that our country needs to come in you know can and it -hmm. can be a more smooth transition so there isn't that weight that people have been talking about and i think what people don't understand is the republicans actually listened to both sides of the argument and then they put up together a plan that took everything into account Mm-hmm. It took into account border security. It took into account DACA. It actually had a means not for citizenship, but for legal status mm. for DACA recipients. You know, it increased the number of asylum judges so we can get these asylum claims processed. And it had money to fund, I believe it's HSS, uh, so that those children who have been in these sort of detention centers could actually have a better place to stay while they're being processed. So everything the Democrats and everyone have been complaining, the Republicans are like, yeah, we feel the same way too. We've put this immigration bill together. And then Pelosi and Schumer were like, no, we're not going to let Trump have that win. <laughs> and I think that's the the key difference is Democrats, it's about a narrative, whereas Republicans are actually trying to help the people. And something that that I've noticed that uh, Democrats don't seem to pay any attention to is the fact that uh, President Trump actually has a plan or a strategy to deal with a lot of the uh, people who are living here currently illegally. And, you know, even, you know, I have always said, always have, I've, I've looked at, the situation, I said, we're not going to be the country that does mass deportation. There's going to have to be some sort of filtration documentation program that we can find who's living among us, work these folks through a program, let them become vetted and you know approved, essentially, and uh, keep the good and the bad, as far as I'm concerned, the criminal elements of who's here illegally, 
you know, that they're going to be deported. And so if you've been living right and, and you've been here illegally at no fault of your own, a lot of these people are, are young people, they're, you know, students and uh, uh, DACA kids. I have always had a, a place in my heart for people who are here illegally because they didn't control how they got here. You know, they were brought here. So, I mean, I have compassion, and it seems it seems to me, and I think you'll agree, the president supports a plan like this as well, right? Yeah, he he has long in every version of his plan that he's put through. There has been a way for DACA students to obtain a legal status so they can eventually become citizens. And obtaining that legal status in and of itself would have prevented deportations. The Democrats said no. Yeah, so they're just that, obstructing everything right now. They don't want, like you yeah. said, they don't want President Trump to have any success. But the truth is, Republicans are presenting solutions. We're we're bringing um, uh, solutions to the table, and the Democrats are saying no. We don't want it. So I don't know what else to say to to our fellow Hispanics out there who are still voting for Democrats. How long will you keep believing the lies? How long can the Democrats dangle that carrot out there and you keep reaching for it? Well, I think they don't. Part of it is they don't understand that the Democrats actually caused the problem. Bill Clinton deported. Uh, a whole group of Ecuadorians and people from El Salvador who eventually formed the game MS-13 and sent them back to their own countries. That destabilized Central America and has led to the rise of gang violence all throughout Central America. And now people are fleeing Central America, so you're right. Hmm. The worst part is is not only they're fleeing Central America for better opportunities, some are fleeing to gang violence. What's even worse than that is MS-13 and the Juarez cartels and all these different, you know, human trafficking and drug organizations are actually using the caravans as a front. I mean, they found a uh, a 10-year-old girl a few months back. It was all over the news. They had been raped by 20 men. They found 20 different semen samples in her. And I, I really think Hispanics don't understand just how bad the situation is. And, and who the people are that are coming yeah. over. I mean, this isn't just, you know, something that's affecting people. You know, it's not just that people are coming over illegally. It's some of the people who are coming over illegally are not just crossing the border illegally. They're mm. doing illegal things like human trafficking, slave trading, organ harvesting, you know, um, you know, mm. mass drug trafficking. And what happens is thousands of people are dying. I mean, I did some research during my master's program on this. And 35,000 people have disappeared in Mexico over the last few years. 35,000 people. And I put that in perspective. My hometown of Loma Linda, California, has 24,000 people in it, about 24 to 30,000 people in it. So that is the size. That's the same amount of people as a small American city. Mm. Missing, gone. Gone. Yeah. Gone. 
And what did the police say in those countries? Oh, you know, the girls just ran off mm. with their boyfriend. And what's actually happening is they get sold on the black market. And the United States is a major destination for people who are being sold. Not so much people being taken from the U.S., but people being sold on the underground black market in the U.S. Mm. Wow. wow. That's crazy stuff happening. That's why we bring you the truth and the news the RNHA News. Hey, we're going to take a quick break visiting with Robert Cross. He is our national publisher here at RNHA. Don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back after this short break. All right, folks, we're back. Thanks for hanging in there. You're visiting here with Duke Machado, RNHA News. And my guest tonight is Robert Cross. He is the national publisher for RNHA. And so we were talking um, about our next half of this uh, program. We're talking about the Robert Mueller report. And I asked, is it, Ro- is it Mueller or Mueller? <laughs> so, but, but we think we're going to stick with Mueller. So, uh, look, all this seems like it, it played out before, and, it, and uh, it played out again. And today the result is everyone is pretty much saying that Robert Mueller has come across as totally discredited and the the whole scheme of what this was was brought to light in in the full daylight and exposed um you know the tactics of this coordinated effort to uh destroy president trump um that's that's my take on it um it seems to me like the the nail in the coffin is has been driven in, and, and ho- I'm 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 looking at this and thinking, surely we're done here, but that's not what the Democrats uh, are saying. They want to continue this fight, right? I just heard Nancy Pelosi say something along those lines that now they want to look into his personal finances. They couldn't find anything. Well, not only could they just not find anything, but actually. They fabricated things. So when is this ever going to end? And give me your thoughts on it all. It's not going to end. It's not going to end. You're going to see this play out straight through the election. It is a Democratic tactic that they're using to discredit Trump. But I think there are several points that were made in Congress today. I was watching some of the clips from the House Intelligence Committee one, Mueller could not remember what he put in the report. Yeah. So he didn't write the report that he endorsed on this matter. And I think that shows an utter lack of credibility there. He did not take the time to do this himself. And he doesn't know what's known in his own report. I mean, even when he was answering questions from the Democrats, you could see him flipping the pages in his book of this huge report he wrote. Yeah. And yeah. the second thing is he violated DOJ policy by writing an analysis of why he chose not to prosecute certain crimes, which is a fundamental violation of Trump's natural rights. You know, we have a right to the presumption of innocence that he has basically said, hey, there were crimes here that I could have prosecuted, I chose not to. And as a prosecutor, you're not supposed to do that. It violates the very tenets of our legal system. It's it's almost slanderous uh, really uh, when you look at it. He, he's 
he's saying these things that could have happened, and then essentially he's throwing it on the president. Um, it's no. it's not a good move, and I'm glad that it I'm glad that it was exposed. I think um, was it Jordan that was really grilling him on that. He yeah. um, he he made him look bad. <laughs> there was a. Uh... There was a, a woman on the House Intelligence Committee, and I can't remember her her name at the moment, but she said, you know, there's nothing in the second volume of this report. And from what all, everyone said, the second volume itself wasn't on, something that's authorized, but there's nothing in the second volume of the report that you could not have found on any of the local media outlets. So, you know, if you could see it at Fox or CNN or ABC, you know, it's just regurgitated news. Mm -hmm. There's nothing there substantive. Yeah. You know, and, you know, Mueller saying that you cannot indict a sitting president. That's why he didn't bring charges. Well, if it's true that you can't indict a sitting president and he couldn't bring charges, then Trump would still you know, enjoy the presumption of innocence because no evidence has been brought to light on those charges. So to me, you know, Mueller has overstepped his authority. He's cost the PACs payers millions of dollars, and the Democrats can't let this go. See, this was their plan for 2020. It is their campaign strategy. You know, if you look at all the Democratic candidates, their campaign platforms was like, I hate Trump, Mueller investigation, Russian collusion. And now that the light has been put on this, it's evaporated. It's an illusion. There was nothing there from the start. There's nothing there now. And now they're just trying to salvage whatever's left of their broken campaign strategy. And and on top of it, you've got Attorney General Barr who has turned the tables in just like president Trump said, now the tables are turned. He's got attorney general Barr getting to the bottom of this. Um, who, where did it all start? Who knew what and when did they know it? You know, the, the, the reason look, we all know that Hillary Clinton and, and her friends and cronies, I would call them even, um, They've done a lot of bad things, and they together have done a lot of bad things that they felt they could control, that they could keep the lid on, uh, that they thought they might be able to clean or, you know, dispose of evidence um, if she were to have won. But she didn't win. They've gone into pure panic mode, and now, like you said, this has evaporated the, the, you know the impeachment. They they tried to impeach him. They had no support, essentially. Well, some support, but nowhere near enough. Um, <clears throat> I think I think this plays right into President Trump's campaign. <laughs> you know, it really does. The now he's calling AOC and plus three, um, the squad. You know, these these Congresswomen who are just say most obnoxious things. Um, they play right into Donald Trump's strategy. I mean, without them uh, doing the 
the things that they do, he he has less ammunition. You know, they're they're feeding him ammunition. I think it's I think it's awesome. But no matter if they they can't win and they can't they can lose obviously, but they can't even win when they when they think they're winning because <laughs> he gets well, them back. It, it it's really easy. The, people say that Trump is not presidential a lot of times. They said, well, you know. You know, I, I agree with his policies, but I don't like him as an individual. He's unpresidential. You'll hear this a lot in the media. You'll hear it a lot among individuals you may know. But look at AOC. Look at uh, a lot of these radical people on the left. You know, AOC tried to make cow farts illegal. Yeah, wow. You know, that was an actual part of her uh, Green New Deal. Yeah, that's like a that's like a weird challenge. Like, how far can I go before people stop believing me? <laughs> you know, so they're not acting uh, congressional, you would say. You know, they are the ones that are out there raging. You know, screaming. And I think that when you look at this and the way they're behaving and the things they're talking about, like. I'm not going to trust the person who said cow farts should be illegal with my safety. You know, they're saying we should, you know, confiscate guns so that people will be safer. And like, who am I going to trust with my safety? You, I can't even trust you to do your job correctly. Right. Trust the one who, who wants to ban cow farts. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Not a chance. She wanted to build massive underwater trains. I mean, Mm. like, pretty sure she didn't watch Deep Blue Sea, all those underwater sci-fi movies where lots of glowing lights attract sea mammals. But all, I mean, all, all joking aside, it's like she wanted to spend trillions of dollars. Like, we don't have money for the wall, but we have, that would actually help us with human traffickers. But we do have enough money for the what was it, it was going to be like ninety or a hundred trillion dollar um, projects that they want to do. It's nonsensical. Yeah. Well, that's the Democrat Party for today, and maybe forever. <laughs> you know, they've drifted to socialism. That's for sure, folks. Uh, we are believe it or not, you're not going to believe this at the end of our program already. Wow. I'm going to give you a last word there, Robert. Uh, anything you want to say to the listeners? Don't listen to everything you hear in the news and on the media. I mean, really, as, as citizens of the Republic, we need to be informed. We need to be looking into this stuff ourselves. Because once you actually look into the heart of the issues that are going on, you know, you'll see that things are very different than the way they're being portrayed. And maybe a lot of the anger you feel towards conservatives and people on the right you'll find is misplaced. At the end of the day, we all want a better future for our children and our families. And as long as there's this animosity between us, I don't think that can ever happen. So be educated, be informed, and even if you disagree with us, you know, you're free to disagree with us. But don't be intolerant of us, because the fact is you're attacking people 
who at the same time you're attacking them because you feel that they're attacking you the attack that you see in the media isn't as strong as you might think there's a lot more love and concern coming from the republican side that you call bigots and racists than you might imagine right the media has done a wonderful job of portraying republicans and um, conservatives as evil people who don't care about their fellow man no i hear you that's a that's a great uh, point there robert i do appreciate you joining us tonight to all you listening folks go back to our podcast check out some of the other episodes we've got lots of interviews with different candidates and we've got more more coming and booking more every day um thank you all for tuning in duke machado rnha news we're out here